Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Hey, 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 what's up, what's up? Welcome back to episode number three of the Banner Banter Podcast. It is Monday, August 20th, 2018. Thank you so much for coming back for episode three. And if this is your first one, thanks for listening for the first time. This is just a uh, Boston Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. This week, we'll be talking about NBA free agency and how it's going to be affecting the Boston Celtics. You can find us on Twitter at BannerBanter18, and then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at BannerBanterPodcast. What's going on, everyone? How's everyone doing? I hope you guys had a great week. I'm really excited about this episode of the podcast because, like I mentioned in the first episode, I really want to just not, like, it's going to be 99.9% Boston Celtics, but we also have to talk about the NBA because... We, there are a lot of things that are going on in the league that are going to involve the Celtics. And the summer wasn't as crazy as probably the 2019 summer is going to be. But a lot of things did happen that could affect, you know, because everyone thinks the Celtics are just going to walk to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm just one of those people that kind of disagrees with that. I think they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. But that just doesn't mean that they're just going to walk into the NBA Finals because LeBron James is out. And we, we, we need to talk about those type of things. So let's just talk about like kind of what happened out in the Western Conference because sure, the Warriors are most likely going to go to the NBA Finals, but they're going to have a tougher road. And a tougher road and a longer season for the Warriors is better for any team that comes out of the Eastern Conference, in which we hope is going to be the Boston Celtics. So you look at the Lakers. Obviously, we hate the Lakers here at the Banner Banter Podcast because they're the Celtics' biggest rival. We don't like them. And now I know a lot of Celtics fans don't like LeBron James. And now LeBron James is a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, as well as Lance Stevenson and JaVel McGee. Talk about a crazy, I wasn't even expecting it type of situation for LeBron for him to deal with a couple of head cases in LA where there's now so much pressure and so many people watching him. But the most interesting thing I thought for the Los Angeles Lakers was Rajon Rondo the old Celtics point guard that we all love to hate, hate to love, whatever the case may be. But he is now going to be the point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers or the backup point guard, depending on how well Lonzo Ball improves or how much his dad gets involved and LeBron hates it. And LeBron tells Luke Walton to bench Lonzo Ball and then Rondo's your your point guard. I don't think the Lakers are going to be like this top four team in the West by any way, shape or form. But I do think they are going to make the playoffs. And, I, and I've mentioned this before, but... What the Lakers have with Kuzma and Ball and LeBron and Lance Stevenson, who could come off the bench for them, be a good scorer. Same with Rondo as well. The The Lakers definitely improved. And then, you know, you, you look at Oklahoma City. They had Carmelo last year, Paul George first time there, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Patterson went there as well. And you, you say to yourself, wow, how did those guys not do so well? Well, obviously it takes a bit, you know, for for someone like Russell Westbrook to basically play with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and then lose James Harden, and then lose Kevin Durant, and then take take over the league, win the MVP, and then have a superstar come back next to him and, and play with him. So it definitely took some time and adjustment. Now that Carmelo left, I think the Thunder are actually going to be dangerous because I'm one of those guys that thinks Carmelo Anthony is extremely, 
overrated. I understand he's a very good player for the Olympics and he was great over at Syracuse, but I, I am done with the Carmelo Anthony hype. It, it, just thinking about how, how much people like his game and respect him just drives me nuts because I don't think his game in the NBA works anymore. Don't get me wrong. He's a hell of a scorer, but he just hasn't done anything in his career. And I just think he's a loser in plain English, but the thunder can be good and could, I could, I could see them going for a top three seed. I, I really do. I, I think it's going to be the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Thunder, like, and maybe the Jazz. Like, those are going to be your top four teams in the West. We'll do some predictions when the season gets closer, but for the time being, I really and truly think that the Thunder are now going to be better without Carmelo Anthony. Where did Carmelo Anthony go? He went to the Houston Rockets. He's joining CP3 and James Harden, but it was very interesting because one of the great players on the Rockets was Trevor Ariza. I honestly think that the Rockets were in a really hard place because CP3 signed his first max deal. It was worth a lot of money. They had to bring Clint Capella back. And I honestly think that they had their eyes on Carmelo Anthony, which is weird because Trevor Ariza was such a huge, huge piece for them. And Trevor Ariza signed a one-year deal with the Phoenix Suns because there just wasn't any money on the table for him for what they had to do for CP3, Clint Capella, and then try to find a way for Carmelo Anthony to come in because... To me, Carmelo Anthony is one of those guys who is only about money. That's all that he cares about, which is why he hasn't won crap in the NBA. But he's actually signing a $2.3 million deal with the Rockets, so maybe he does care. And one of the reasons why the Rockets might get past the Warriors this year, maybe, is because if you look at all the Olympic teams where Carmelo Anthony, you you could say, was their best player, it, it it wasn't because he was the number one guy. It was because he was a third or fourth option. And CP3 point guard wise is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook but he's not you know Russell Westbrook is a much better overall player than CP3 so for Carmelo Anthony to possibly come off the bench and maybe play some minutes here and there some with Harden some with CP3 some with both or maybe neither the Rockets might actually have a shot at beating the Warriors because let's be honest they were only one game away if CP3 didn't get hurt LeBron James might have another title under his belt if the Cavs and the Rockets are playing each other in the NBA Finals. I'm pretty sure LeBron was going to make sure that that didn't happen. A couple of the other signings that happened in the Western Conference, DeAndre Jordan, go to the Mavs. You know, Remember that thing a few years ago where DeAndre Jordan basically said, I'm going to go play with the Mavs, and then this whole Twitter emoji thing popped up, and then DeAndre Jordan went back to the Clippers. But now Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle have DeAndre Jordan. Dirk re-signed with them as well. He's probably going to play another year or two in the league. So the Mavs will be an interesting team to watch. Then you have someone like Isaiah Thomas. We talked about that last week. He's going to the Nuggets. And then Booker and re-signed with the Suns, and Nurkic re-signed with the Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers are still going to be a really good team, a, a, a team that will probably be a top four, maybe top five team in the Western Conference. But then you had the big news, and that was DeMarcus Cousins, a.k.a. Boogie Cousins. He signed with the Warriors. Really? Come on, they're already so good. But you got to remember, DeMarcus Cousins is coming off an Achilles injury, which is no joke for anyone to get back. I mean, just see how long it took uh, Kobe Bryant to come back from that. It it took a while. Kobe really wasn't the same after that. It's not a shot at Kobe. It's just an injury that really affects football players and basketball players a great deal. So DeMarcus Cousins might take some time. I mean, he might not even be back until the All-Star break. And, you know, the Warriors are going to be fine without him. But 
just the fact that he could only have like 20 games under his belt going into the playoffs, he's still going to be really healthy, you know, feeling fresh, feeling young and ready to go and probably be fully healed from that injury by the time the playoffs start, which makes the Warriors so, so dangerous. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. I think the Eastern Conference, and it affected the Celtics more than people actually think. So for example, let's start with Bulls and the Bucks. First, we'll start with the Bucks. The Bucks took the Celtics to Game 7 of the first round of the Eastern Conference Finals. They're no joke. They're a good basketball team. And to me, they have the best player in the Eastern Conference. And as you know, whoever is the best player in the Eastern Conference, that team usually goes to the NBA Finals. And I think Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think I said that right. Anyways, the Greek freak is the best player in the East. I think Kawhi Leonard's up there, but I just think the Greek freak, as long as, if he can start hitting some three-pointers, if he can improve that way, he's going, he's so dangerous and so, so good. And the Bucks signed Ersan Ilyasova, which means they took him away from the 76ers, and we'll get to the 76ers in a bit. And then they also drafted Dante DiVincenzo, the kid from Villanova. I wanted Danny Ainge to draft draft him because I thought if Danny Ainge drafted him, that means no more Marcus Smart. We could all kind of go, oh, that's okay. But Marcus Smart is here. DiVincenzo and Deladova off the bench for the Bucks are, are going to be quite the little tandem to deal with, especially for Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. So I, I think the Bucks definitely got better, and I don't think a lot of people are really talking about it. With that being said, they did lose one of their young pieces in Jabari Parker. Sure, Jabari Parker throughout his entire NBA career has been dealing with some injuries, and I think the Bucks just kind of got fed up, and he was a restricted free agent. The Bucks had an opportunity to match what the Chicago Bulls offered him, and they didn't, and now Jabari Parker is joining Wendell Carter as the two newest members of the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls... They might be pretty good this year. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they could be that team that could be kind of annoying for a couple teams, like like on a road trip. I, I talked about last week with the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Bulls, that three-game road trip after the All-Star break. You got Zach Levine. If he's on, he's really good. Wendell Carter is a force down low, and I'm just saying that because I'm a Duke guy, and I watched him play a lot of basketball at Duke last year next to Marvin Bagley. But the Bulls could be that team that could really make me mad on one of these podcasts. Like, how could they lose to the Bulls? Like, they they shouldn't have. Now they've lost three straight because of it. And I could just see the Bulls being one of those teams. The Wizards. We talked about John Wall last week and how he, you know, said that the East is wide open and how I really didn't agree with him. But they made made a couple, couple moves. Marton Gortat, he got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers for Austin Rivers. So interesting move. Like, where's your big guy? Now, I really don't, you know, I to be honest with you, I, off the top of my head, I don't memorize the Wizards' get, uh, roster, but off the top of my head, I don't know who their big man is. But then again, you know, Al Horford's not your average NBA center either. But they, they signed Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was pretty good for the Hornets last year. He destroyed the Celtics a couple times just on the boards. You know, Dwight Howard is, it's not the same Orlando Magic Dwight Howard in any way, shape, or form. But he's good, and he can be annoying for someone like an Aaron Baines or an Al Horford or even a Daniel Tice. And it, I, I think that's a pretty good pickup for the Wizards, and it'll be interesting to see what Dwight Howard shows up. Is it going to be like cancer in the locker room, Dwight Howard? You know, basically re- living up to his 
reputation or is it going to be like no i'm gonna go back to the nba finals like i brought the magic earlier i think it was 2010 or was it 2009 either way around that time where he brought the magic to the nba finals so it's very interesting to see that and then they also took away jeff green from the Cavs and signed him and jeff green is a dc boy that's where he's from he went to georgetown so we'll we'll see if jeff green kind of has a a little hype behind him and a little energy behind him playing in front of his hometown, playing at home all the time now. So that'll be very, very, very interesting. And I'm, and I'm really curious about Troy Brown. Troy Brown is an Oregon point guard or shooting guard. Either way, he's a, he's a two-way guard that the Wizards got in the middle of the draft, like the 15th or 16th pick. And it'd be very interesting to see how Austin Rivers and Troy Brown handle a Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. And I've been talking about Terry and Marcus a lot because I think Terry and Marcus are so important to the second unit that we got to be better than other teams' second units. Especially, you know, if guys get hurt, those guys are going to have to step up and play some extended minutes. So you got someone like Troy Brown who's very good, I thought, when he played at Oregon last year. And then Austin Rivers, which he's bipolar. There are games where he's really good, and then there are other games where he's terrible. So we'll see which Austin Rivers shows up. Then you have the Pacers. And here's the thing. I think the Pacers are going to get like the three seed this year, maybe the four seed. And here's why. The Pacers have Victor Oladipo. And to me, he is top five best player in the Eastern Conference. I think Victor Oladipo is unbelievable. You know, he played basketball in Indiana in college. He's now playing for the Indiana Pacers. He loves it there. And the Celtics had some some tough, tough times against this team. They almost went three and one against them if it wasn't for that Terry Rozier steal at half court in Indiana. I don't know if you guys remember that game. There was like five seconds left. They The Pacers got the ball in. They double teamed the inbounder. The inbounder threw it up in the air, Terry stole it, went down for a dunk, and the Celtics won. If the Cel- if Terry Rozier didn't do that, the Celtics would have had three losses against the Pacers last year. So that they're a legit team, and they got better, and they drafted Aaron Holiday, who I think is very, very good. He obviously fell a little bit because his, his shooting's kind of streaky, but I think he's very, very good. And they also got Tyreek Evans, who can score. If you guys remember last year, a lot of Celtics fans wanted Danny to go after Tyreek Evans to get a scorer off the bench because we couldn't rely on the scoring of Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris as well. And they also got Kyle O'Quinn from the Knicks, a big guy, you know, just a a hustle guy, kind of like what Big Baby was when he first got into the league. Just a big dude, loves to hustle, loves to outwork people. So keep an eye out on the Indiana Pacers. I think they can be really, really good. And Miles Turner, Miles Turner is what we want Robert Williams to turn into. Miles Turner has improved so much from when he, I'm pretty sure he went to Texas. Yes, he went to Texas, and um, he has improved so much every single year he's been in the league, and he destroyed the Celtics a few times last year. So I'm, I'm keeping my eye out on the Pacers. They're going to be tough. They're a team that I'm confident we could beat them in a playoff series. It might be like the Bucks series last year where it might go seven games and the Celtics should not have any seven-game series in the playoffs unless it's the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals this year if, if they get that far. We obviously haven't talked about the Raptors or the 76ers. First, let's go with the 76ers. So the 76ers, like I just mentioned, they lost Ersan uh, Ilyasova, which he was a pretty good guy for them, especially off the bench. He started some games for them as well in the playoffs against the Celtics and later... 
in the regular season for them. And then they also lost Marco Bellinelli. And if you guys remember correctly, Marco Bellinelli, he was the one that hit that corner shot where the people inside the 76ers arena thought that they, they beat us and the confetti went down early. He was the guy who hit that shot, and he's a good scorer. And he went back to San Antonio he, to play for Pop. He played there for many, many years. So congratulations to him because I think anyone who can play for Pop is very, very lucky. He's the best coach in the NBA and a great guy from what I've heard. I actually met him one time after a season ticket holder shoot around. I like went over. I was with my buddy Brian. I was just like, you know what? I wonder if I can have Pop take a picture with me. And I went over and I was the security guard was like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't ask him for pictures. And Pop was like, no, no, no. It's okay. And we took a picture. So I always have a soft spot for Pop in my heart. Now, on draft night, the 76ers did something very weird. They had Mikel Bridges drafted. He was from Villanova. His mom works for the 76ers. Hometown kid. It would have been a great, great, great story, and he's really good. You know, if you guys watch any college basketball, Villanova, again, won the NCAA championship, and Villanova played at TD Garden for the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16, and I I went to those games. Mikel Bridges and Dante DiVincenzo were incredible. They're so good, and I have no idea why they traded away Mikel Bridges because, to me, Mikel Bridges is better than Robert Covington. and They basically play the same spot, but because the 76ers made such a bad deal signing Robert Covington to like a three- or four-year deal last year, or should I say last summer, I think it kind of made them want to trade out because they don't know what's going to go on with Markel Fultz. And I think Markel Fultz is going to be the reason why the 76ers are either the number one seed or the number two or three seed. If Markel Fultz can show up like he did in Washington and be the guy, the number one draft pick that everyone's expecting him to be, the 76ers are going to be a serious problem for the Celtics. You know, Embiid is better than Horford, better than Baines, probably the second best player in the Eastern Conference, depending on what Kawhi Leonard's doing. He's incredible. Ben Simmons is only going to get better. He's going to get stronger. J.J. Redick's coming back for them. And speaking of J.J. Redick, if you guys have an opportunity to Google J.J. Redick, Google J.J. Redick cap, because over the weekend or a few days ago in a podcast, he talked about how he he think he saw someone get like a, a cab driver literally commit like human trafficking. It's a fascinating story. I don't want to get into it because it will take too long, but but you guys need to look into it. It's a really messed up story, and it's fascinating like how it all worked out. The one, the one last thing on the 76ers is when they traded for Mikel Bridges, they traded for Zaire Smith from Texas Tech, another kid that played at TD Garden for, um, for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight in this past year's NCAA tournament. And that kid is really good. You know, a solid shooting guard, two guard that, you know, could be a problem. He's a great, great, great defender, but he got hurt. He got a Jones fracture in his foot. What else is new? Every single 76ers first-round draft pick seems to get hurt. Look at Fultz, look at Embiid, and now look at Zaire Smith. They, sh- they should have just kept Mikhail Bridges. They should have just kept him, but they didn't, and that's that. All right, now we're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors obviously made the biggest move of the entire offseason by trading for Kawhi Leonard, for De- DeMarcus DeRozan, and they also got Danny Green. And I think Danny Green is going to be a very, very important piece to this Raptors team because Danny Green is a better defender than DeMarcus DeRozan. Danny Green's a better three-point shooter than DeMarcus DeRozan. 
but obviously he's not a better overall player than DeMarcus DeRozan. And what Kawhi Leonard is going to show up? Are we going to get the, my groin hurts, boo-hoo, what about me? I'm not going to show up. Or are we going to get NBA Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard show up? Because if MVP Kawhi Leonard shows up for the Raptors, <sighs> I'm nervous because everyone's really excited about Jason Tatum. And you know who could shut Jason Tatum down real quick? Kawhi Leonard. If he's at 100% and playing the way that he usually plays, Kawhi Leonard could get shut down. And then Danny Green could easily shut down someone like Jalen Brown. I mean, Jalen Brown had a hard time scoring on Kyle Korver in the Eastern Conference Finals. Danny Green is a 5 million times better defender than Kyle Korver is. The other thing you got to think about is the Raptors bench. The Raptors bench is is or was, will be the best bench in the NBA. Sure, the Celtics on paper this year going in will probably have the best bench. But last year, the Raptors bench was the real deal. And that's what kept them in the regular season hunt for that number one seed. Obviously, in the playoffs, they didn't really show up. But then you got someone like uh, Fred Van Fleet that they re-signed. He's a key part. He is their backup to Kyle Lowry. And if Kyle Lowry goes down, because Kyle Lowry's getting older, Kyle Lowry's getting slower, and he gets hurt every year. It's almost a guarantee he'll get hurt at some point. So the fact that they signed him to, to come back to back up Lowry, I think, is very, very important for them. And they also signed the Moose Greg Monroe. That's right, Boston Celtics, or the old Boston Celtics, Greg Monroe. Very, very impressive stuff that Greg Monroe showed me, I think, in the playoffs on the offensive end. I thought there were some spurts where he literally lifted the team up. You know, he would score six or eight points in a row, but then defensively, he's terrible. He can't move his feet. He's not the same shot blocker that he used to be, but he could be a nice little piece for the Raptors this upcoming season especially you you need a deep bench in the playoffs and they'll they've added that with with greg Monroe. we now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation celtics unit report all right so this is a new segment that we're calling B-B-I, Banner Banter Investigation Celtics Unit, where I'm basically going to dig up some information about old Celtics players that we've kind of forgotten about to see what they're up to now. And the very first one is my favorite player from the 2008 World Championship season, Eddie House. That's right, number 50, you know, he'd wear the high socks, the headbands, the wristbands, the, the shorts that went down to his shins. His uh, son was so funny before every game, just shooting around. He'd be the guy that would catch, hop, shoot. I, I loved Eddie House's game. It was, it was so much fun to watch, especially when he would shoot every single three-pointer he possibly could. <laughs> One of the funny things that I always think is hilarious about Eddie House is he's married to Mike Bibby's sister. Mike Bibby used to be an NBA point guard for the Sacramento Kings, the Atlanta Hawks. He played for a few teams, and he was really good, and now he plays in Ice Cube's Big 3 League, and he literally looks like he's done a 1,000 steroids because he's so jacked now, but when he was playing in the NBA, he was as skinny as I was, like a buck 60 soaking wet, but he was good. He played at Arizona. He was, he was a great, great guard back in the day. But yeah, Eddie House is married to Mike Bibby's sister, and I always just thought that was so funny, but... Right now, Eddie House is an analyst on FS1. Sometimes he goes on that uh, 
Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp's show. And he is also a Pac-12 network basketball analyst. And he's also on Arizona Sports 98.7. And he did go to Arizona State. So that's why he's on the Pac-12 network and on an Arizona sports radio station. So that's our new segment. Uh, Next week, um, we're going to have an old school player from the early 2000s of the Celtics. That's a lot of options, but I think a lot of people are going to go, oh my God, I completely forgot about him. And that's going to be the whole point of BBI, Banner Banter Investigation Celtics Unit. One more team to go. And if you're wondering who that team is, because I'm not worried about the Knicks, I'm not worried about the Nets, I'm not worried about the Hawks, I'm not worried about the Magic. Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously, they lost LeBron James, but they did keep Kevin Love, and they drafted Colin Sexton, the kid from Alabama, who is really, really good and can score from anywhere on the court. You pick a spot, he can name it. And it's funny, he actually took the number two, which was Kyrie Irving's old number when he was playing in Cleveland. So very, very interesting. Should the Celtics be worried about the Cavs? I don't think so. Will the Cavs make the playoffs? I don't think so, unless Minnesota Timberwolves' Kevin Love shows up. But even still, I don't... I don't see the Cavs making the playoffs. I really don't see them being in competition to the Celtics in any way, shape, or form. The Celtics should beat them every single time that they play them. But yeah, that's just a a recap of the NBA free agency and what the Celtics should expect. And I'm just trying to remind people as much as possible, this isn't going to be a cakewalk to the NBA Finals for the Celtics. The Raptors are going to be legit. The Wizards might have a shot. I don't think so. Keep your eye out on the Pacers. The 76ers are still going to be good because Embiid and Simmons and others have improved. And there's one other thing that I got to talk about, and I'm trying to think what it is. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Yes, it is the fan favorite Celtic stud and Celtics dud segment of the week. Um, this one was a little tough to choose from because there really wasn't a lot to talk about when it came to the Celtics this week. But trust me, when the season starts, there's going to be there's going to be some passion behind this segment right here. But we'll start off with the stud, and I want to give a shout out to Jason Tatum. He got his high school number retired, the number 22, at Chemaine College Preparatory School in St. Louis, so salute to JT on that, and I can't wait to see Jason Tatum next year, man. He's going to impress everything and everyone, and I just can't wait. And the Celtics' dud for me this week is Kyrie Irving. I know he was my stud last week, but I need Kyrie Irving to come out and just say, hey, I haven't thought about where I'm going to be next summer. I haven't thought about who I'm going to sign with because I'm so sick and tired of everyone trying to figure out, is he going to go to the Knicks? Is he going to go to the Nets? Is he going to go out West? Is he going to resign with the Celtics? I'm sick of hearing it, and I want Kyrie to come out and tell us he doesn't want to talk about it, all the reports aren't true, and he's just going to enjoy this season with the Celtics, and until he does that, it's going to be a really long, long season, and I really hope he can come out and say that sooner rather than later. All right, guys, uh, this is the end of episode three of the Banner Banter podcast. Again, find us on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18, and then you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Next week, we're going to break down the Celtics roster situation, who's on the team, who's not, how many years left are on their contract, 
should we be worried about them leaving next summer? Just kind of giving a preview of what could happen. Trades, contract situations, draft picks. Kind of breaking that down because as of next week, once we record episode four, we'll be a month out from training camp. Actually, a month out from the very first preseason game. The season's right around the corner, and these podcasts are only going to get better from here. So I just want to say thank you again for listening to episode three. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe on iTunes. Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And in a couple weeks, we'll be on Spotify. I'm really looking forward to that. I know a lot of people use Spotify. But for right now, rate us on iTunes. Rate us on Google Play. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your loved ones about this podcast. Appreciate all the support. And we will talk soon, guys. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Have a good one. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.